Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to 80s Wrestling Radio, brought to you by at 80s Wrestling on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, creators of 80s Wrestling Con. Don't miss some of the biggest stars of yesteryear at 80s Wrestling Con 2 coming October 26th from Freehold, New Jersey. Go to www.80swrestlingcon.com for all the details. And by at Squared Circle Classics on Instagram and Facebook. Home to some of the greatest old school wrestling content. Follow them for daily posts of great old school pics, videos, polls, and even action movie content. Now, without further ado, here are your hosts. Matt McMahon with At Squared Circle Classics and Tommy Fierro with At 80s Wrestling. Oh, yeah! And welcome to of 80s Wrestling Radio. This is Tommy Fierro, and uh, we have a very interesting topic to talk about tonight. First off, uh, that was an old introduction uh, that was queued into the system. Uh, Matt from Squared Circle Classics is no longer with us, but still head over to his Instagram page and check it out. Really, uh, really great page, really great content. I have to get that uh, updated in the system. I didn't know that that old uh, theme song was still in there, but uh, this is Tommy Fierro, and welcome to another edition of Eden's Wrestling Radio. I'm joined by my new co-host, the magnificent one, Matt Comp. Matt, welcome officially to Eden's Wrestling Radio, man. How are you tonight? I'm doing all right. I just feel like I have to get in the gym a little bit harder as if I'm going to sell out Pontiac Silverdome with a name like Magnificent. You may aspire to be like New Don Morocco. Uh, longtime listeners of 80s Wrestling Radio uh, probably recognize uh, that voice. Matt was actually uh, one of our regular call-in guests. Uh, his name that we actually nicknamed him the Golden Voice, my original tag team partner, Jay. And uh, Matt... Uh, would call in uh, pretty much weekly, and a spot opened up, and I thought of him because he's actually uh, stayed over from me in New York. So uh, now uh, you know someone that can actually feel the tiredness with me when I do this live at 11 p.m. every Monday night. Um, my old uh, tag team partner was, uh, was a couple hours behind us. Uh, we're going to be talking about LGN figures tonight, which is an awesome, awesome topic. Let me give you the telephone call number now. It's area code 323-927-2953. Again, that's 323-927-2953. Matt, I'm sure you growing up as a kid uh, in the 80s, you collect the LJNs. What are some of your memories of uh, of the LJN figures and what were some of your favorite ones? And and uh, which, do you remember the first one you got when uh, you first started collecting them? As I've said in the past, I did have more of the Hasbros. I think the only one I may have had, I still have, I still have the bin downstairs in the basement. I think the only one I may have had was Hulk Hogan. But a lot of my older cousins, when I would go to their house, I would play with their LJN figures. And the ones I remember the most were Hogan, um, Andre the Giant, and also, as I've mentioned in the past, my favorite one was I see the Body Ventura. Yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm sorry. I remember you, you you mentioned that a few weeks back when you called in. Uh, for me, uh, growing up, man, the LGNs were huge, huge, huge for me, man. I I had 
you know, pretty much all of them. I, I, I don't remember having, uh, and this is 30 years ago, but I, I don't remember having the Series 6 ones, which uh, which was the black carded ones, which is the ones I wish I had because they're the ones that are worth a, a ton of money. Uh, but I, I remember having all the other ones before we went on the air, uh, me and Matt asked to do a research and uh, pulled up the entire list of every LGN ever created from Series 1 through 6, which we'll get into here tonight on uh, 80s Wrestling Radio. I don't remember having the Series 6 ones uh, as growing up as a kid, and I wish I did, man, because those ones, if you just ever go on eBay and look, man, they're worth like freaking four, five, six, seven hundred dollars each, these, these figures. And even even the regular ones, man, they're going for a couple hundred bucks each. Uh, I, I told a story uh, a month or two back on the show. I had a bunch of them, man, that I actually, I, I, I sold them probably maybe like 10 years ago. I had like 15 or 20 of them still new on the card. And, man, I, I still wish I had those. I, I mean, I, I got good money for them. I got like probably... I, I was collecting them for a while, and I think I sold them for like maybe, maybe to like fifteen hundred and two thousand on them. That's ten years ago. Like imagine now, man. Like having those now, like they're about to high demand on on eBay. Do you ever just go on there, Matt, and take a look at what they have on there and like the going prices on some of these things? Oh my goodness, yes. Even even years ago, I remember when I was in early late middle school, early high school, and this is well over 15 years ago, they were going for big money even then. We'd go to uh, model train and toy shows, collectible shows, and you would see some of them not quite mint on the card, but they still were in fair condition on the card. They'd be selling for at least $100 a piece. I remember a few that I'd see were um, Jimmy Snuka and Honky Tonk Man were repeat uh, offenders, so to speak, at those places. Quick sidebar, though, you ever know anybody who ever had the chain and not just the collar? with their uh, junkyard dog action figure? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I was actually looking at some of them before we went on the air. Uh, I saw I saw one with a red, a, a red chain. I don't remember the red chain as a kid. I remember a silver chain. Was there two different chains, you know? There were a couple of different ones, a couple of different variants on the, uh, the chain. The chains could come in red or silver, and I think the dog collars were... The dog collar, I believe, was black, and actually a couple of weeks ago at um, one of my uh, promoters, Bobby Campbell, he had a junkyard dog action figure on display in a jewel case, and I believe he did have the chain. He had the black collar, but I think he had a, the black, uh, it was this, uh, the black chain that went with it. I think he's the only one I've met in X amount of years of life who still had his with the chain. I'll tell you what, man, anyone out there that's listening right now that is interested in purchasing some WWF LGN figures, I can tell you where you can go for that, and that's our, and I guess it's a good segue, uh, is our 80s Wrestling Con 2 coming up in New Jersey on Saturday, October the 26th in Freehold at iPlay America. We have over 15 stars appearing. Uh, the Million Dollar Man, Teddy Biasi, will be there with Virgil. Sergeant Slaughter, Bob Backlund, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Axe and Smash Demolition, B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Brunzel, The Killer Bees, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, Haku, Marty Jannetty, Tugboat, The Brooklyn Brawler, and originally they were supposed to have Jimmy Hart. Uh, Jimmy Hart had uh, 
a prior uh, commitment that he, he had to do, so he had to back out of it. We just found this out over the last day or two. So taking his place will be Mr. USA, Tony Atlas. So uh, that's a big crew of people there appearing at 80s Wrestling Con 2 on October 26th. Again, in Freehold, New Jersey, I Play America. Also a couple of vendor guests appearing. That's going to be uh, Tito Santana and Tatanka, which was just announced a couple of days ago. And, uh, man, there's going to be a ton of vendor tables there, and they're going to sell a ton of old-school wrestling merchandise. And I know for certain that LJN figures will be available there. And uh, one of the really cool things we're going to be doing at 80s Wrestling Con, too, for you LJN collectors out there, is we're actually going to have a little section in the building called an LJN Collector's Corner, man, where fans can bring and show off their LJN with other collectors and traders, and they can trade their figures. Uh, they can talk about them and discuss them and uh, just show them off, man. How cool is that? That's going to be one heck of an awesome thing, especially with the our LJN corner where everybody can, I guess you could buy, sell, trade, uh, barter if you want, you know, all the LJN figures. be pretty cool to see some people if they do have their uh, Coco Bewares with Frankie, their Jake Roberts with Damien. Heck, even Outback Jack with his hat would be pretty nice to see. I think I might need, I think Matt, I think I might need to uh, have the magnificent one, Matt Comp, to hold the uh, law and order at, at the LJ and Clifford's corner section. So I might have to, might have to send you over there just to make sure everything's in the up and up with, with this thing, you know? An enforcer type capacity, if you will. Yeah, but you have to wear your Outback Jack hat to, uh, to do that. <laughs> I probably look <laughs> hey, as man, funny I'm, as Bret Hart on, as a cowboy <laughs> in that kind of hat. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, other, other cool things we're going to be doing also at 80s Wrestling Con 2, and then after this we'll, we'll get into talking about all the different LGNs. just want to uh, make some mention of, of the convention. Uh, we're going to be having an 80s Halloween costume contest hosted and judged by the million-dollar man, Teddy Biasi. You can come dress as your favorite 80s wrestler. We're going to grab about probably 8 to 10 people, bring them up on stage, and Ted's going to pick out the winner, and the winner is going to receive $100 from the million-dollar man. How cool is that? Imagine being a kid, and you were told 30 years later you're going to have an opportunity to get $100 from the million-dollar man. You never, ever, ever in a million years believe it. So we're doing that, which is going to be really cool. We're doing an 80s tag team panel with Demolition and the Killer Bees discussion, discussion 80s tag team wrestling in the WWF. So if you were an 80s WWF tag team fan, that's going to be really, really interesting. Uh, we're doing Bob Backlund Live, hosted by John Arezzi from Pro Wrestling Spotlight. So uh, John's going to be doing a live edition of Pro Wrestling Spotlight at 80s Wrestling Con with Bob Backlund. We're going to be doing the barber shop with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. We're going to be picking a charity very soon and doing a little raffle. And the winning raffle will get an opportunity to get a haircut from Brutus Beefcake. Uh, and all proceeds go to charity on that. Uh, if you don't want to get a full haircut, you don't have to, man. You can just get a couple, you know, clippings on top or in the back. But uh, I saw your head, dude. I might buy a bunch of raffle tickets for you and enter you in it because I would love to see Brutus uh, shave you ball that he's just in consume that. <laughs> I was like Ron Bass from 30 years ago. Yes, remember? How about Betsy? Remember when he attacked the? Remember when he attacked Brutus Beefcake with Betsy? Yeah, and the uh, I think he used the spurs too on him. The spurs to the forehead, I think it was. 
Oh yeah, that, that was that was a good little uh, good little feed those guys had. Uh, other things we're going to be having there also is 80s wrestling trivia. So if you think you know your 80s wrestling, you bring your uh, you bring your brain to 80s wrestling con too. It ain't going to be simple questions like who's Hulk Hogan wrestle in the steel cage match at WrestleMania two. Uh, it's going to be some really really tough stuff, and uh, we'll be doing that at 80s con too as well, along with check this one out, Matt. 80s wrestling karaoke. That's right. You can sing your favorite 80s wrestlers theme songs. So if you want to uh, sing the Honky Tonk Man song or I'm a Real American or Demolition or Pile Driver, you can do all 80s wrestling time too with 80s wrestling karaoke. How cool is that, man? That that's going to be amazing. I was actually thinking about that a couple of days ago, and I can't hit a lot of those high notes, especially with uh, the ones Derringer did, like Real American or Demolition. Maybe I could really muster up something from Piledriver or If You Only Knew. I believe that was from the wrestling album. Yes, 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 man. <laughs> so you can do that, and also we're doing a special Sergeant Slaughter push-up challenge. So all you maggots out there that are coming to 80s Wrestling Con 2, you have an opportunity to be a part of the Sergeant Slaughter push-up challenge. We're working on some other uh, cool things as well. So as you can tell, this is just not a convention. This is like a fan festival, which is what I really wanted to make an 80s wrestling fan festival. And again, it's on Saturday, October 26th. We'll be talking much more about it in the upcoming weeks here on uh, 80s Wrestling Radio. Uh, Matt probably get out a couple of the guests from uh, the con on the show to talk about it. And uh, another cool thing we're doing too, man, is uh, Hell's Kitchen Hot Sauce, which is one of the most popular hot sauces in the United States right now. Now, they're going to be a part of 80s Wrestling Con, too, and they're going to be doing a special um, Hell's Kitchen Hot Sauce Championship uh, contest. We're going to talk more about that in the upcoming weeks here as well. So anyone that thinks they can handle their hot sauce, you have the opportunity to beat the world champion crown at 80s Wrestling Con, too. But uh, let's let's get into uh, WWF fan figures, man. Where, where do you want to start off at, Matt? Again, anyone that's listening right now can call in. Here we go, 323-927-2953. Take it away, Matt. Oh, I got to – where do we start with this one? I mean, you know, one that I noticed um, that stood out to me was Ted Arcidi had an action figure. Now, Ted Arcidi made me think, how come maybe Paul Roma didn't have an action figure? You know, or was there anybody out there who's, maybe that was their favorite one, the Ted Arcidi action figure? Did you own the Ted Arcidi or know anybody who did? <laughs> I did. I did own one. And, you know, I, I, I know you're saying, saying that why didn't Paul Roma have one if Ted Arcidi had one? But, I mean, I think I think Ted was, was definitely, for the, the short time he was there, was a little bit higher up on the card than that Paramo was. I know what you're saying. So I have I have a, a counter to that. Uh, SD Jones had had a figure, uh, which made me think, why didn't someone like Lanny Poffo, who who was around there just long, or Mike Sharp, or the Brooklyn Brawler have a figure? You know. Or ex, yeah, or even as Steve Lombardi. I mean, Lombardi was yeah. a featured enhancement for a while. The moon dog, the moon dogs. They, they were there at that time for a while. They, they didn't have one. You know, I, I think it'd be fun to talk about who didn't have uh, LJN figures to, to, to kick off tonight's topic. And there's a laundry list of people that didn't, and some of them that are surprising that didn't. 
and I know before we came on the air, we were talking about some of those guys. And the series six, on the back of the cards, they had some pictures of people in that series that they never got to. And uh, I know Brutus the Barber Beefcake was on there. Obviously, Brutus Beefcake had one when he was part of the Dream Team. But it was surprising that Brutus the Barber Beefcake never had one. He was one of the top hottest baby faces in the WWF at that time. Is, is that name stick out to you, Matt, as far as one of the, the names that shocked you that didn't have an LJN figure? Yes, definitely Brutus, especially as a baby face, and definitely as a heel personality. I'm surprised Brother Love never had one. They didn't produce one of Brother Love. Yeah, he, he was another one, Matt, that was also on the back of that card. They never produced one on him. But he, his picture was on there, too. I know his picture was on it. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake's picture was on it. Uh, Bad News Brown's picture was on it. Um, and I believe the Bushwhackers' pictures were on the back of that card as well. None of them had figures made. Uh, surprising for the Bushwhackers because they were uh, they were red hot as, as baby faces. And um, one one that really surprised me that wasn't uh, made an LGN out of is Mr. Perfect. That that one really surprised me. Yeah, Mr. Perfect um, would have definitely been very appropriate to have had an LJN action figure. Um, I'm not sure if he w- – I think he was on the list, but if not, I'd be very, very surprised. Uh, never mind. No, he he did have one. King Harley Race Dad had one. Yeah, he did. Now, Perfect Perfect came in. Do you, do you know off the top of your head when Perfect came in? He, he came in and did he come in in 89? Because if he did, maybe that's why they didn't have one of them. He came in '88, and then I'm very surprised he didn't have one. And uh, I'm very surprised he didn't have one in, in '89. Then that final line. Do you, do you know? Do you know why? Do you know why the LGN? And I don't know the answer to this. Why they didn't do the whole series of series six? There's a reason why they stopped making them. Do you know the backstory on that? No, there's only one figure that I've heard some backstory on, and that was the Sergeant Slaughter action figure. That was because a male was, only, right? It was a mail-in only, and they didn't do anything further because he went did the G.I. Joe gig. Yeah, now, so, and, and also, for that for that mail-in on Slaughter, I don't believe it, it was on the back of a car either. It was just sent, like, in, like, a clear plastic kind of package, I believe, right? I don't, I don't remember that having, uh, having it being on the card. Did you or no? No, I've never seen one with an actual card. Yeah, so yeah, I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know why we should have did our research before we we came on. Why the LJN company stopped producing the WWF figures in '89? Because obviously they had plans of doing more on that Series Six. Series Six, they wound up doing Andre the Giant with the the black uh, strap singlet. They did the Big Boss Man. They did Demolition Axe, but never Smash, which was really weird. Uh, they did Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Duggan was in the series before that as well on the blue card, but they also made a Duggan on the black card, along with Haku, Honky Tonk Man, Ultimate Warrior, and Hulk Hogan red and white shirt, which they also did the previous series as well on the, on the blue card. I'm really curious to know why... Uh, uh, they didn't make the other ones. If anyone out there is listening right now that knows the answer to that, please, please call in again, 323 
927-2953 and let us know uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, but getting back to the people they didn't make, uh, one that you told me, which is someone that I'm surprised by as well, right before we went on the air, is Zeus. Uh, he was in a, a red-hot program with Hogan at the time, and uh, I think they definitely could have made some money off the Zeus finger at that time. Absolutely, and another one they did have was the one-man gang. They did have Bossman, but they never made an Akeem action figure. Well, they, they did have a one-man gang one, yeah, but they, they didn't make an Akeem one, which which is odd because Bossman, I believe, in 89 was with Akeem, so that, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's where they didn't make one of him as well. And uh, another couple guys that were on that list that they didn't make one of was uh, a couple of uh, hills at the time, Butch Reed. Surprisingly, they never made a Butch Reed one. Dino Bravo, they never made a Dino Bravo one. Um, Ron Bass, we just mentioned Ron Bass's name, they never made one of him. Um, Barbarian, they never made one of, but they made one of Warlord, and that's Series 6. That's another one for the black card they made. Um, any of these names surprise you that are not on that list or anyone that, uh, that we didn't even mention yet that you're surprised they didn't make the list? I'd say even more surprising than someone like the Barbarian, um, another red-hot guy at the time, Dangerous Danny Davis. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about him. I didn't even think about him. And uh, and, and someone that you mentioned also before we went on the air, which uh, was an announcer. Obviously, you know, they made Vince McMahon as an announcer uh, figure. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon was a gigantic, gigantic part of the uh, WWF uh, at the time as far as the announcer. I'm really surprised they, they never made a Gorilla Monsoon figure. And, you know, I, I just thought of right now, Matt, while, while we're talking about this, thinking of, like, you know, I'm just using this as an example, like, you know, Barbie, how they have like, all the props with the houses and the cars and stuff like that. I'm surprised they never, like, released as part of the LGN series. So obviously, they did the ring and they did the cage. But why not like a Piper's Pit like set, or uh, the barbershop set, or the snake the body shop. shop? How cool! The body shop, the flower shop. Yeah. I mean, how 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 cool would that would have been, man? That's something that I just thought off the top of my head. Like, how cool would have that been, man? If they would have had, like these different sets uh, as part of the LGN like accessory series, that would have been really cool, huh? The snake pit would have been prime, especially in the 80s with Jake going from face to heel. You know, he was there, right? Those figures would be in mass produced. That would have been a hot item. Yeah, man, definitely. Definitely. And just thinking, just thinking like all the different props out there, like, you could have done a bunch of different stuff. Like, you could have done, like, uh, you could do, like, a special, like, a hunky, hunky tonks came with a guitar, right? Yes, Honky Tonks did come with the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, they could have sold, like, different accessories or, like, different, like, types of guitars or, like, different, like, hats or jackets for the figures. Like, they, they I'm, I'm just thinking of Barbie and, like, all the accessories and stuff for Barbie. Like, they could have really, like, probably expanded it further than they did as far as, like, accessories and props and stuff like that. Um, the Steel Cage one was really cool, man. And, and, and the ring, I, I tell you what, man, I, I think when I get off the, the show tonight with you, man, I'm going to jump on eBay and just like, look at this stuff again. Because like, I'm like, we're in the mouth wanting to have this stuff uh, back in my possession. Look at it before. 
You know, it made me, also made me think, did Slick have an action figure? I don't believe he did. He did. He did have one. Oh, he did have one. Yeah, he, uh, he yes. had one in series. He had one in series five. And then uh, Rick Martel and uh, Santana, right? Yeah, uh, we do have a well, caller on the line. Yeah, man, let's get to him. Absolutely, he's been holding very patiently. Just a moment. Good evening, caller. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, I'm Trisha. I'm from Salem, Virginia. How are you? Hey, Trisha. Hey, Trisha. Good Welcome well. to Radio. Oh, I enjoyed it. I've I've been on the Twitter, and that's how I've, I've been following you guys on here tonight, and got very interested in this. So, I'm um, in Salem, Virginia, and I'm 46 years old. But growing up in the 80s, um, of course, I was the teeny bopper era, and so I loved these these things too, the toys. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, um, I actually used to have the Brian Blair figure when I was younger, when I was like 13, 14. I had the Brian Blair figure. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> he rules. I think he's the best. But um, I was curious about your opinion on one thing. Um, sure. With it being 80s wrestling, why weren't there like any more of like the Von Erichs figures done? Or the Briscoes, I love Jerry Briscoe. Um, or like um, Jimmy Garvin, Sunshine, those people. I mean, it's like there was a lot more to the '80s than WWF and and sure. figurines that that could have sold and would have sold. I mean, I was sure. Wrong. I agree. Oh yeah, I agree. But I'm, well, uh, as, I'm wondering what, what are your guys' thoughts on that. Well, as far as the LGNs go, they had an exclusive with WWF, and a lot all those guys you mentioned weren't in the WWF. Uh, the Von Erichs okay. obviously were in World Class Championship Wrestling, and Sunshine and Jimmy Garvin they were in the NWA. Uh, I, I believe actually, Matt, if correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there was a Jimmy Garvin figure for the AWA figures that they made uh, back in the '80s. But yeah, you bring up a great point. I mean, wrestling was so hot then uh, that they could have capitalized. Uh, if it wasn't LGN, uh, a different company. Uh, in the 80s, there wasn't really uh, NWA figures at the time. They, they wound up doing it in, in the late 80s, maybe early 90s. I mean, probably more early 90s, but AWA did it. Um, AWA definitely did it, and there was a World War. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, if you look it up, uh, AWA Rick did Martel. it. Rick Martel, the Freebirds. Uh, yeah, AWA definitely did it, and those figures also are worth a boatload of money. If you look on eBay, if when you get off, you just want to go on eBay real quick and just type in or just Google AWA wrestling figures, you'll see them pop up, and uh, they're worth a fortune as well. But uh, world class, I mean, that's a great point that you brought up. The Von Erichs were at that time uh, in, in their territory just as red hot. They were as, huge. As other. Oh, sure they were, and, and if they would have made figures of them and. and, and and world-class championship wrestling, they just wouldn't have made a boatload of money. But also you got to remember, too, is at, at this time, which was, you know, 85, 86, this mm-hmm. was a, a new thing. You know, this is brand new with wrestling branching out to all these different uh, merchandising deals. Like Vince McMahon, once he went, uh, once he expanded and, and took over and just like wrestling after WrestleMania one with, the boom with MTV and just everything getting popular. That's when they really started doing all the wrestling merchandise. I mean, you might have had a couple of shirts here and there back then, but 
it was the popularity of, of the pop culture of WWF in 85 that really got everything rolling. So, I mean, maybe it was a situation where world-class championship wrestling just, you know, they didn't even know where to look to get that made. But I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like if they would have had Von Eric figures back then, man, it would have been a ton, great. a ton of money. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about while we got you on? Is um, Brian going to be at your show in New Jersey next month? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. You okay. should, you should definitely come up to it. Uh, Virginia's definitely. not that far away. I mean, how, how far no, away are you? No, not too far. <laughs> I'm in like Salem, hours. so I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> what part of New Jersey is it in? <laughs> it, it's in uh, it's in Central New Jersey. I tell you what, when you, when you get off, send send a DM to us on. Uh, Send us a DM on 80s Wrestling on Twitter, okay. and uh, we'll respond to it and give you more information on it. Okay, that just, sounds just let, great. Just let us, know, let us know that you called in tonight, and then we'll re- 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 reply to you on there. Okay. And maybe you can bring that Brian Blair figure and get it signed at 80s Wrestling Con. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, definitely, def- definitely send us a DM tonight, and we'll get back to you, okay? I certainly will. You have a great night. Thank you so much. Great Thank having you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Matt, I tell you what, I mean, don't get me wrong, Matt. You have a beautiful voice, but uh, it's nice to hear a female voice on, on ABC Wrestling Radio. I mean, you're not, you're, I'm not used to women calling up on the show, man. And usually, uh, yeah, you know what? It's your debut, man. I think that you're, 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 a, lady, you're a ladies' magnet, man. I think it has to be you. I, it very well could be. I don't know, but it's uh, definitely definitely a pleasant thing. Um, you know, <laughs> she brought up stars from the other organizations and the territories at that time. I would have to say a hot figure. I don't even know if he ever had one. What about Bruiser Brody? Yeah, man, definitely, maybe definitely. Maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not certain. Maybe I think there might have been an AW1, AWA figure of him. We gotta. I gotta look up the list of the AWA figures. There might have been one of Bruiser Brody in the AWA, uh, and, and there might have been. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though. You, AW, I mean, what I just, what I just said. Do you agree with that though? Like there wasn't really any figures or anything like that until like the boom period of WWF. Like, you know, he capitalized on it and took over everything, man. But like. You didn't see NWA like in '87, '88, and '89. I don't remember them having figures at the time, which was a, a huge missed it, opportunity. I don't think anybody ever thought to have the action figures. And he, you notice, he did it. I think AWA, I think, might have been defunct or going out of business by the time you know Vince. By the time he made the figures hot, you know, NWA at the time really wasn't the competitor it grew to be and evolved to be in WCW. I mean. You know, you even ask a casual um, professional wrestling fan, even 20 years ago, you know, what they think, first connotation that comes to mind is, w, at the time, WWF. You know, WWF yeah, action figures. I'll tell you what, though. If, if, just thinking about it, though, like if LGN didn't have an exclusive with WWF and they could have done their own figures, like how awesome. Because, I, I, first of all, I love the way those figures look, man. I, I wish that that... They had them today with those guys, today's guys that look identical to what the LJNs of the 80s look like, not the ones they do now that supposed to be the LJNs. Um, but, like, just think just think about them, like, if they would have, like, a missing link one or the Von Eriks, like she just brought up, or or Ric Flair, or, 
stained or dusty, but in that the same mold, in the same way, in the same packaging, in the same cars as, as the WWF ones in. How cool would that would have been? How awesome would that would have been? They all would have sold too, and the closest ones the, that you just mentioned. Um, Sting did get one, but it was made by a company called Toy Makers, I believe. That was the company. In that, after right after Hogan went to WCW, they really started capitalizing on the figures with the merchandise. But they put him out yeah. by that time. Has WWF was dominating with Hasbro. They put out the non-posable LJN action figures, you know, and you had you know your Hogan's, Jimmy Hart's, Randy Savage, and then guys like Sting, you know, finally got that type. Rogers have one. Kevin yeah, Sullivan. Rogers had one. Ric Flair, Kevin Sullivan. I think I had Sullivan. I had a lot of those actually in the nineties. But just, it just they look so cheap, and so like they look so cheap compared to the WWF ones, you know, like they, it just it just wasn't the same, you know. But I'm saying like back then, if they would have had the exact same figures, packaging and the backgrounds and the, it would have been awesome if they would have all that stuff, man. But uh, yeah, it's it brings up an interesting it brings up an interesting uh, conversation just to talk about how you know, Vince was ahead of his time. I'm not sure if the AWA figures were released before the LGNs. I don't think so because I think the first series of LGNs were released in '84. Maybe Vern Gagne jumped aboard that and, and figured something out for '85. But I mean, like Vince, just like his vision at that time was was crazy, man. There was really not really much wrestling merchandise at all back then. And then, you know, you know, growing up as a kid, man, you look in the WWF magazine in, in the in the middle of the magazine, they had that program, everything from shirts and I mean, we had, we had a, a whole episode on this a couple of weeks back about wrestling needing merchandise. And uh, obviously the LJN figures were a staple uh, of, of that, man. What, it's, you can't talk about 80s wrestling without talking about the uh, LJN figures, you know? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the AWA figures was only a one-year run. They released them in 85 and 86. So that was it. They released uh, four different series. Do you, do you have that pulled up now? I would love to, I would love to hear uh, more about those AWA figures if you want to look it up real quick if you're yeah, in front of your laptop. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I love do. to hear that. It was, it was 85 and 86. Um, do you yeah. have the, the list of everyone that was on there? Because I remember like, the Road Warriors, I remember Larry Sabisco, Rick Flair. Uh, yeah, I would love to hear that list if you have it available. Yeah, I've got it. Steve Kern and Stan Lane as the fabulous ones, the Road Warriors. Um, the High Flyers, Greg Gagne and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Rick Martell and Baron Von Roschke. Uh, Jimmy Garvin. Uh, Precious. Steve Regal, not William Regal, who people are thinking. Uh, Steve Regal. He also had an action figure there. Kurt Hennig had one. Bill and Scott Irwin, the Long Riders. Um, Carlos Colon, Abdullah the Butcher, Larry Zabisco, Sean and Marty. Sean Michaels and Marty today, the Rockers had theirs. Nord the Barbarian, better known in WF as Berserker. Uh, Boris Zhukov. Paul Ellering even had one. And along with Sheik Adnan and Al KC. Would've been good to put him with Sergeant Slaughter and the old Iron Sheik from LJN. Is that is that the complete list? That's the complete list, yeah. Dude, you ever see those? Those are worth a lot of money too, man. They're worth a lot of money. They might be even worth more than than the LJNs because they're so scarce and, and rare. 
if you look on eBay, they're worth a lot of money too. Um, it says, yeah, but, Matt, there's a thing called the Matt Mania series that mint on card goes from anywhere between $400 and $1,200. Zach Ryder just actually did an unboxing of, with a, a ring and a whole bunch of figures on his, uh, one of his online um, uh, podcast webcasts. He did an unboxing of the AWA action figures. Now, when you say unboxing, is that, are they, does that mean they're brand new still in the box? They were brand new still in the box, yes. You know, I, I'm sure he has a little bit more money than we do to, to buy those, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Was how funny. much money does he? How much money does he spend on merchandise, man? Like the figures and stuff. Like, holy crap! He, he, I mean, obviously, uh, he's so, a huge collector. They just had one where he bought a Bossman prototype Hasbro. And I think he spent fifty five hundred on it, and they did the total that he has spent something like sixty thousand dollars in total on action figures versus Hawkins, who has spent sixty eight hundred on action figures. <laughs> well, yeah, remember, dude, uh, Zach Ryder has been with the company a long, long time, and you know, even though he's not prominently used, you know, he he's he's got some tenure there, so I'm sure his downside guarantee is is, is has to be. Uh, pretty decent, so I mean, I'm sure that he can afford the, the sixty thousand for his uh, collector's crave. But uh, let's let's talk more about LJN figures. And I, I guess let's start off from the top, where uh, it was released in 1984. It was Series One, and the Series One was Andre the Giant, Big John Stud, Hillbilly Jim, Hulk Hogan, The Iron Sheik, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Junkyard Dog, Nikolai Volkov, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I remember this series, man. I had all the figures in this series. Uh, classic, classic, classic series. I remember Nikolai's hat. I remember Piper's kilt. Like we just talked about, JYD's um, chain. Um, you know, yeah, you never see Piper's kilt. I, you know, what did what I say? Piper's what? No, no, no! I said you never see Piper's kilt. You never see it intact when you go to a show or something these days. Oh, yeah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. They're, they're scarce. Falls man. by the wayside. I, I thought I said, I, I thought I said skirt by accident, man. I didn't want to get, uh, I didn't want to get any. <laughs> uh, I remember John Studs, you know, white tights with the with that, you know, and 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 the, the coolest thing I remember from that first series, and I'm sure you've seen it before. We posted it in the past on uh, our '80s wrestling Instagram page is the advertisement for it where it's the series one guys and it looks like a, it's like a red dots all around it and says, uh, how would you like to get a, something along the lines of getting a wrestler delivered in your mailbox or something like that. Like that's like the classic series one advertisement for them. Uh, you know, it's what I'm talking about, right? I've seen it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's, that's just awesome. That, that, that first series is absolutely, uh, Awesome. Uh, you want to get in the series two, Matt? Yeah, series two. You got uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, classic Bobby Heenan jacket. You know his BH initials. You got Bruno, who I'm surprised they didn't give an announcer action figure back then as well. They put him in the wrestling uh, tights. He had wrestled in WrestleMania two that year. Captain Lou Albano, classy Freddie Blassie, complete with his cane. Corporal Kirchner, who they got. Um, they had two, I should say three action figures, one with 
No beard, one with stubble, and one with painted on. Facial hair. Yet Davy Boy and Dynamite, both British Bulldogs, each sold separately. Jesse the Body Ventura, my favorite. Jimmy Hart, some them came with hearts on the jacket, some with no hearts on his megaphone. Uh, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, in his classic WrestleMania three gear. Yeah, that became so famous in that match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The Rock, Don Morocco. Mean Gene Okerlund, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Special Delivery Jones, who came with variants with a Hawaiian shirt or a red shirt. I mostly saw the yellow Hawaiian shirt, and I've never seen the red shirt until now. Terry Funk with his hat and branding iron and his red trunks and green chaps. And also, to conclude that series, it was um, Tito Santana. And I should say yeah, that, that entire series, uh, series three. That was yeah, series three. That was um, I was gonna say that Tito. That was the purple trunks, and later series five, you had the white trunks. But uh, when you just mentioned that list, uh, Matt, w- one of the names that is interesting is Terry Funk, only because at that time he was teaming up with his brother uh, Dory Funk as as Hoss Funk, and uh, I'm surprised they didn't make a Hoss Funk figure as well because. He was a part of a tag team at the time with the Funk as the Funk brothers. So that's interesting that they didn't make a uh, a Hoss Funk figure with uh, with uh, with Terry. Yeah, and they were in WrestleMania two together, I believe, as the tag team. They wrestled on the card as uh, in a tag team match. Yeah, and uh, going back to series two, which was '85, uh, that series was Andre the Giant with short hair, a Brutus Beefcake as. A Hill Brutus Beefcake we talked about. They never made one of him as the barber. Uh, George the Animal Steel was in that 1985 series along with Greg the Hammer Valentine, King Kong Bundy, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And that was uh, the Series 2. Series 3, I guess it was catching on because they they added a lot more. Uh, Series 3 was probably the size of Series 1 and 2 combined. So uh, I think at that point they knew they hit a homer. And uh, they definitely capitalized on it with Series 4 as well, right, Matt? Yeah, it looks like it was a Series 4, like we said. Adorable Adrian Adonis. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes with his hat. B. Brian Blair. Brett the Hitman Hart, either with pink or purple tights. Cowboy Bob Orton, complete with his cowboy hat. Miss Elizabeth with a gold or purple skirt. Hercules Hernandez which uh, I'm surprised they didn't put the chain with him. He's dressed in his old Hercules garb, you know, the classic um, medieval, I guess, or mythological Hercules uh, that's gear what, uh, that he would come to the ring with. Matt, that's what you, uh, that's what you wear when you go out uh, on that out in the town, right? Absolutely, every single time. <laughs> Works like a chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Jake the Snake Roberts with Damien, jumping Jim Brunzel. Jim D'Envil Nightheart, complete with pink or purple tights. Ken Patera, Kamala, King Harley Race with his crown, Coco Beware with Frankie, Outback Jack with his hat that you'll see me at 80s Wrestling Con with, Ted Arcidi, and last but not least in Series 4, Vince McMahon. I, I think, Matt, uh, what, what I have to do, I think, is I need to track down Ted, uh, I need to track down Ted Arcini. And let him know that you were questioning him having an action figure because I would love to see a face to face 
between the magnificent one Matt Cobb and Ted Arsenia, eighties wrestling con. <laughs> I think I think it has to happen then because you were really, really at the top of the program, you were really, 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 really questioning why Ted Arsini had an action finger. I, I think that you were there's just something there. I don't know if uh you have personal heat with Ted or uh maybe uh he didn't slap your hand uh when you were at a house show in eighty uh in eighty seven. But uh, there's definitely a little tension between you and Ted Arsini. We're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. Hey, you know what? First thing I think is Ted Arcidi and Paul Roman. I believe they tagged that one time too. It only seemed appropriate. It only seemed appropriate. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, while you're at it, Matt, uh, you might as well talk about Series 5, too, that was released in 88. Series 5, we've got another um, adorable Adrian Adonis. We've got Bam Bam Bigelow, Demolition Axe, Hacksaw Jim Duggan with his 2x4, Honky Tonk Man with his guitar, Hulk Hogan with either a red or white shirt with the title belt in both of those. Luscious Johnny Valiant. He's got his um, blonde mustache. The one-man gang, the referee with a blue or white shirt of the referees that I've seen. I've only really seen the blue. I haven't come upon the white much. Uh, We've also got Slick with his hat, Ted DiBiase, and Tito Santana with his Strikeforce trunks. Then we round out to Series 6, 1989. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I had my phone on mute. I, I, I was talking. I'm sorry that uh, I didn't answer right away. I, I was just saying that uh, I'm surprised that they repackaged some of the Series 5 on Series 6. They did that with, with, uh, they did that with Axe. They did that with Duggan. They did that with Honky. They did that with Hogan. I'm wondering if there's, and we have to find out if there's some kind of story behind that. I'm, I'm sure your uh, your fellow Long Island uh, IZ Zach Ryder would uh, would know that. But uh, there's, I'm wondering why they repackaged some of these uh, from Series Five on the blue card to Series Six on the black card. Do you have any uh, backstory on that? No, unfortunately, no backstory. Um... Some of these guys in the 89 one, Andre, I mean, Andre, they put out with the classic, you know, one strap singlet, boss man with the nightstick, demolition axe. I'm just surprised they didn't put smash with him, you know, as a uh, tag team. Again, they did hacksaw with the two by four. You had Haku, honky tonk man, um, Hulk Hogan with a red or white shirt and with the belt of complete repackaging ravishing Rick rude. Macho Man Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, and last but not least, Dave Batista's favorite, The Warlord. Yeah, and we said earlier, uh, I'm surprised the Barbarian. Was Warlord by himself at that time? Because I know he has on short trunks, uh, uh, short tights, I mean, in that uh, 89 um, series. Was he by himself at that time, Warlord? I think they had just started breaking up in January of 89, but then you didn't really hear much of Warlord until early 90, I think. Yeah, that's what I know. Warlord, I know Warlord had a feud with Hogan, and at one time, they main evented the Nassau Coliseum. Hulk Hogan versus the Warlord was the last match on the card. Yeah, but he had long, he still had the long black tights then, though, right? 
I believe he did. I don't recall Warlord with, uh, you know, Trunks until 90. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That was a weird, weird release. And I really, really, really want to know the backstory on these other ones that, that they had advertised in the back of their card that didn't release. Like we mentioned earlier, um, Brutus Beefcake and Brother Love and the Bushwhackers and Bad News Brown. I'm really curious to know what happened there or why the relationship ended between LJ and the WWF and why they stopped being produced. I, I, I guess it's something that we should have looked into uh, prior to coming on the air, but I would definitely like to know the answer to that. Um, and another, uh, another team that was the uh, 80s team, we just mentioned the Bushwhackers that they never did anything on, was uh, Jacques and Raymond, the uh, Rougeau brothers. Yeah, I could see them doing the the Rougeos and in turn even maybe the uh the Rockers by that point. Yeah, because Rockers were, were there at the, yeah, I mean that's a missed opportunity. Rockers were uh all the Rockers came in the eighty eight, right? Yeah, and you know what, in fact all the tag teams of the eighties were definitely a uh a missed opportunity. They could have done Tully and Arn, they could have done uh I, I still don't know why they didn't do Smash Daily Axe. But I mean, maybe they had more. Maybe they had. I mean, as you can tell by like series three, four, and even five, they were really cranking them out. So I mean, maybe there was a plan to release all these guys, and I mean, something must, something definitely happened where they they stopped producing them. Um, but you know, maybe there was a plan to to release everyone at some point because you know back then, you know, guys stuck around for you know. They were around for years, and they weren't like in and out like 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 uh, real quick. So like you know, like someone like Ronnie Garvin was there at that point at '89, and and uh, you know a ton of other guys too. So man, maybe there was a maybe they were going to make a bunch more and just never got around to it. Um, I know that you said that you didn't have many growing up as a kid. You're, you're how old? You're healthy, by the way. You're forty-one. <laughs> Thirty-two. 32. Oh, you're just a baby. I had you confused with somebody else. That's why I didn't have the LGNs. Um, But going back and looking at them, obviously you're a huge 80s fan, even though you're only 31. Uh, what are your favorites from each series, if you had to take a look? I know putting you on the spot, you never really give any chance to think about it. I'll give you mine because uh, I have the list in front of me. Series 1, I, I got to go with Hogan. I mean, uh, any kid uh, growing up, they were Hulkamaniac. If you're watching WWF in 1985, you know, so I mean, for me, Series 1 was my favorite. Um, series 2, probably Bundy. I always liked the Bundy figure for some reason. I always liked the Bundy one. Series 3, looking at Series 3, I would say Savage. Got to go with Savage on that one. Series 4, love the Brett figure. Love the Jake figure. Um, I know that Ted Arsini won't be your pick when uh, you get to Series 4. <laughs> uh, series 5. Uh, so I, series 4, I'd, if I had to pick one, I'd say Jake. Uh, I like that Jake figure. Series 5, looking at it, Honky was always a cool figure. Um, DiBiase, I don't believe I had DiBiase growing up. I don't know. Bigelow either, I don't think I had. Um, Honky Tongue was a cool one. Hogan, obviously, Hogan, red or yellow shirt was awesome. And then Series 6, I mean, I never had any of them, but if I can have one of them, I probably would pick either Warrior or Rick Rude. I mean, any of them, man. Whoever you have, you're going to uh, get a boatload of money for it. So uh, that would be my pick. So how about you? Well, going through, and I want to go through, and then we have another caller on hold. Series 1, Iron Sheik. 
Series 2, I'd probably have to go with Valentine, believe it or not. Series 3, Jesse Ventura. Series 4, this is a tough one because these catalogs are so much larger than all the others. The Series 4 is a tough one for me. Kind of tied between Jake and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, believe it or not. I'd probably have to go with Jim Nightheart. Series 5, definitely the Honky Tonk Man. And Season 6, believe it or not, I just think he was designed perfectly. Haku. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Hey, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, action figures of, of different promotions that really, didn't really capitalize on opportunity. Obviously, AWA did, but with uh, the caller earlier talked about WCCW and then 80s NWA. Uh, and another another uh, group, and, and I'm, I'm fr- very friendly with them, uh, and they're at the first 80s wrestling con, is the Glow Girls, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I mean, that was red hot in, in the 80s. Uh, I think that they could have made a lot of money uh, if they would have had a, a release of, of action figures like that, uh, definitely back then. What do you think? Absolutely. I think even now they can make money, especially with the – Netflix series. Just wanted to cue in another caller. Been holding very patiently. Uh, welcome, caller. You are on the air. Where's your name and where are you from? Oh, yes. This is Jacob from Brooklyn. Hey, Jacob hey, from Jacob, Brooklyn. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? Hey, oh, Jacob, man, can you do me a favor? Can you just lower, lower the volume on your computer a little bit? We're having a little uh, hard time hearing you. Okay, no problem. All right, I'm on my phone. Turned okay. off my computer. But, All right, um, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little background noise, but it's okay. Uh, you've been listening to the episode tonight of uh, LJN Figures. What, what would you like to talk about tonight? Oh, yeah, the LJN Figures, um, oh, man, I used to have them. I still remember the ring where you had to put the stickers around around each corner of the ring. And, um, oh, man, the first, the first, the first, the first, Figure everybody had was Hogan. Hogan, Hogan with the with the with the black belt, and then of course the tag team figures with the brown belts. They were like I the old '83 belts. Mm-hmm. Huh? I saw a picture of the British Bulldogs, and actually uh, came in a big box with the two small tag team belts that came with them. And I read that that ring there was a recall on that ring because kids would fall, trip and fall, you know, running around their homes. That ring, they would injure themselves on the ring posts. Yeah, cause that and plus, when you put your when you when you stepped and tripped, you would you would uh, put your knee through through the ring. <laughs> I still remember putting all the stickers WWF. And then I used to even do cool things where, like, my room would be like the Maple Leaf Gardens. My my living room would be like Madison Square Garden. The kitchen would be like, you know, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, it rose my horizon back in the days. But I mean, I think what differed because AWA was Remco. I think what differed was uh, that you had to get the cool action figures, like you said, Haku, or the way his hands are. You could do body slams and different things. Yeah. I think with the a- with the AWA ones was that uh, they could move their arms and legs, and then they were all they were muscular, like the He-Man figures. Yeah, they were like the He-Man figures where they were all muscles, and you can always, you know what I'm saying, move with the ring. But them WWF figures were still pretty good. I mean, you picked your, like even Terry Funk, 
I remember, like, you know, he had a different different finishing move. My finishing move was the way his hand was was um, a clothesline or something like that. Like a, mm-hmm. like a running lariat clothesline like Stan Hansen or something like that. And then my favorite tag team was that Strike Force one where Tito, you could, you could always do that flying burrito with them. You, you know what I'm saying? You had to, you know, <laughs> flying burrito or, or Rick Martel, I would, I, his finish like would be like a dropkick. Yeah. Hey, Jacob, we're yeah, leaving for Brooklyn. We see you at the uh, 80s Wrestling Con. 80s Wrestling Con, too. Where? We see you there. In Jersey? Yep, Freehold, New yes, Jersey. Oh, I, I'll try and make it there. I mean, I would have to, you know, try to get directions, but I definitely, I would, I would definitely like to go there. Oh, uh, you'll be like yeah, a kid in a candy store, man. There's gonna be so many different cool things if, if you're within driving distance, which you are. I would go out of the way to be there, man. But uh, we're about to wrap up tonight's episode. We appreciate you calling in, Jacob, and uh, I know you've called in in the past, and definitely call in next week too, man. We look forward to hearing back from you again soon. All right, thank you. Oh yeah, one one thing by the way, they didn't make a Brody. Uh, they didn't make a Brody uh, AWA. They they made uh, Barbarian, and I know they made Borzukov, but they didn't make Brody. Yeah, yeah. No, right. I don't even think Brody had a figure in the eighties anywhere. Nah, they were I know Stan Hansen. Yeah, I know Stan Hansen and Blackwell did, but nah. Yeah, I was I was thinking of Stan Hansen earlier. Yeah, Jerry Blackwell. But those those all, right, Jacob, all, all the action figures were good, huh? So I was saying we're we're about to wrap up the show. But I was saying that we appreciate you calling in, man, and definitely calling in next week and talk to us. All right, thank you very much. You guys. I'll tell you what, uh, Matt, we, we were so busy talking uh, back and forth on the discussion, which was a very interesting topic tonight, 80s WWF LGN figures. Uh, a lot of other callers, uh, unfortunately, were, were left on hold just because we were in the midst of, of talking about it, and we apologize for that and definitely uh, encourage you to call back next week. And uh, I guess now uh, would be a good time to talk about next week's episode of 80s Wrestling Radio. I have nothing planned off the top of my head, Matt. Anything that you... Uh, you might want to talk about that uh, we could have some fun with next week. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We've done we've done big men. We've done the theme songs. We've done the uh, now we've done the LJN action figures. We're gonna have our LJN corner at '80s Wrestling Con. Um. Hmm. How about I think an episode on the career. And, and and he's also going to be at 80s Wrestling Con also on October 26th. Uh, I think he's, he's had a, a great WWF career that, in my opinion, was overlooked. He recently got inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, but I think he doesn't get just due for being one of the main uh, baby faces of the 80s in WWF, and that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think that would be an interesting topic uh, discussing his career uh, in the WWF uh, next week on Amy's Wrestling Radio. What do you think about that one? I am completely with you on that one. So you've heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we'll be discussing the career of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think we'll it'd be, be, be interesting. Amy's Wrestling Con, too. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. And you agree, though? I, I feel like he was a, a big, one of the top big stars of WWF, and he, he's he was always overlooked. And uh, I, I think that he should have been in the Hall of Fame years and years ago. And, Amen uh, to that. 
Yeah, so I, I think well, let's do that next week. Man. Let's talk about the uh, the life and times of Brutus the Barber Beefcake in the WWF next week here on uh, 80s Wrestling Radio. And we'll be strutting in a cut, and, and hopefully Matt uh, gets a haircut prior to next week's episode. If not, we'll let it grow out and have uh, Brutus chop it off at 80s Wrestling Con. And uh, also going to see uh, this week, Matt, if I can get some – Information on uh, Ted Arsini. See if we can uh, get him on the show, and you can uh, you can tell him how disappointing you were that they released a figure of him in uh, 1987. And not Paul Roma. <laughs> <laughs> and not and not Paul Roma. <laughs> and until next week, man. This is Tommy Fierro and Magnificent Matt Comp signing off. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night right here on 80s Wrestling Radio. Have a great night, guys. Oh,